the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by our friends at BetMGM, the king of sports books. It's time for the final weekend in the NFL regular season. You guessed it, NFL Week 18, best bets. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen, joined by Brandon Anderson in his bunker in North Dakota. I hope that brings good vibes. We'll get to a certain someone later in the program. We have Luke Swain, a.k.a. Vegas, Vegas Refund, and the doctor is checking in after the holidays. Dr. Nick Giffen is joining us. He's part of the predictive analytics team at the Action Network. Hope you all had a great New Year's Eve, great holiday, happy New Year. Larry David, though, at this point says it's too late to now say Happy New Year, so we're moving on. Uh, you can find the video <laughs> version of this podcast, if you haven't done so already, on the Action Network YouTube channel. Hit subscribe, not just for this pod, but we'll have content all throughout the NFL postseason. Uh, please like the video, too. We greatly appreciate it. And, of course, on the listening side of things, five-star rating on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, reviews as well. Uh, we check that stuff out, so thank you very much. Uh, find each of these guys individually in the free award-winning Action Network app. You can find our other NFL analysts. They've been cramming away all year long. And if you are so inclined, check out the Action Network Discord server. Uh, we have the link in the episode description. You can hop in, chat it up with some of the guys here and other gamblers. Creates a nice little community going into the postseason. Four and five in week 17. We had Joe Gallant here last week, so we had some plus money with the touchdowns uh, that did deliver for us. DeBundo's look ahead uh, did deliver as well. So 91 and 77 heading into week 18. Brandon Anderson from the bunker. What do you have for us? First best bet for the final regular season weekend in the NFL. Yeah, I am glad that we get to fire this one off because I kept checking this line all week thinking, surely, surely it's not going to sit there for us. It's still there. It is the first game of the week. Going Saturday afternoon, give me the Baltimore resting Ravens plus four against the Steelers. Just honestly a shocking line to me. I just really did not expect that we would still get this above a field goal to the extent that it, it almost feels fishy to me. Like I kept, I keep trying to figure out what's missing here. And what's missing is Lamar Jackson and I'm sure some of the other Ravens players, but not everyone can rest. Like you can't just go to the practice squad, guys. The roster is only so deep. If we're playing a lot of Ravens backups, usually still a lot of the defense plays. And by the way, Ravens backups play in the preseason. The one thing we know to bet every year is Ravens preseason. So even if this is a Ravens preseason game, like it's still their rival. They can try to knock the Steelers out of the playoffs. Why not? Like this is your chance to go out and play. I would have had Ravens over a touchdown, like Ravens minus seven and a half, eight, nine, somewhere in that range. So this is a huge swing over double digits. I don't see the huge swing here. Pittsburgh is 22nd in DVOA in the last six games. That's basically about what they are. They're basically like the 20th best team on offense, on defense during that stretch. They're fine. And 
We've seen Mason Rudolph do the backup quarterback thing. A little different playing Baltimore and Mike McDonald than Cincinnati and Seattle, who are two terrible defenses. Great job lighting them up. You're going to have a little fun against Mike McDonald this week, I think. So, honestly, I think Baltimore is the better quarterback still. Tyler Huntley, pro bowler. We got Tyler Huntley Mm -hmm. coming in for Lamar Jackson. He can do a fine job. They've been fine with him in there. Steelers have been much worse in the first half this year. So I think that kind of sets up for, here we go. Pittsburgh's not coming out well, and Baltimore's hanging around. We got a low total in the mid-30s. We're looking at weather here. Weather in the 30s, windy, 65% rain. That sounds low. That's sloppy. That means four points is a lot, right? That means that every point here is even more valuable to us. I have a barrage of trends on the under here. Tyler Huntley games only averaged 32 points a game for his career. So now four points suddenly is like really valuable to us. And then, you you know, I got to do all the trends here because the trends is what caught my eye on this in the first place. John Harbaugh is an underdog, 61% ATS. Division underdog, 71%. Some of those are with Tyler Huntley, so don't worry about that with Lamar out. AFC North, you want the underdog late in the season. Week 14 forward, 65% underdogs in the division. And then we know about rah-rah. Earlier this year, we had the blah-blah from DeBundo on the podcast. I'm here with the nah-nah. This is the post-rah-rah. What happens the week after the rah-rah? They covered last week as an underdog. The following week, after covering as an underdog, when Tomlin is more than a three-point favorite, 9-16 and ATS, 36%. Going back too far the other way. Mm. We've made up too much ground. We're giving them too much credit now. And then the stat that I'm sure you heard, on the six-pack from Stucky, I use this stat every time I pick this pick because I pick it every time. When Tomlin and Harbaugh play each other, the underdog is 23-5-3 ATS, 82%, including when we have a three or more point underdog, 18-1-3 against the spread, 95%. I think the Ravens hang. I think the Ravens win. I don't mind sprinkling the money line. Funniest possible outcome to me as the jilted Lamar Jackson MVP hater. Lamar's replacement comes in, gets the win with the elite defense and all the other Baltimore tools only for Lamar to lose again in the playoffs, just like he always does. Give me the Ravens, plus four. Of course, I think what's factored in here is the Steelers have to win to make the playoffs. If they win, according to NFL.com, 66% chance to get in the playoffs. So they are still alive. And it's not like Mike Tomlin's playing for the winning season, uh, but they could lose and also get in. Slim chance. But uh, yeah, it's not like we're worried about the rah-rah winning season angle here for Mike Tomlin. Uh, Luke, you are in agreement here with Brandon. You are also on the Ravens plus four. Why? Yep, I'm on the Ravens as well, which this one's going to be pretty quick um, going after Brandon there where he nailed all the key points really where like if you want to pick between like Mason Rudolph or like Tyler Huntley, like I'm taking Tyler Huntley like easily. Um, And he's an underdog in this game. And I just have a hard time believing that this Ravens team is just going to back down to their divisional rivals and in the Steelers and just like let them win to get into the playoffs. Like I just, there isn't a world I see that happening where it would be different if this was like a non-divisional game maybe the Ravens just don't have the hatred that they do for their rival but yeah Tyler Huntley pro bowler last year he's probably one of the better backups in the league runs basically is poor man's Lamar um, where yeah Ravens plus four first one like first one that caught my eye Um, I don't I don't think they should be a favorite 
but plus four is a little bit too. It's just too, like quote unquote the cliche too many points um, in a spot like this. So I'll take the Ravens plus four. I need a doctor's note quickly here. Mr. Nick Giffen, Action Network luck rankings. You pen these with Kerner every week. Steelers are the luckiest team in the NFL heading into week 18. Anything to add before you give your first one? Yeah, uh, well, actually, I was um, uh, I recorded earlier this week with former Action Networker Matt Friedman, and we both okay. talked about Ravens plus four in this spot as well. But as far as the luck rankings, um, I know Brandon – uh, mentioned that the Steelers are around 20th in DVOA. Well, that's based off of plays that actually happened, which includes a lot of the lucky things that happened. So really, they're worse than 20th when you account for the fact that they've been incredibly lucky. Our schedule-adjusted expected scores, which powers the luck rankings, has them closer to 25th in the NFL in terms of just raw strength. So I'm right there in line with these guys on the Ravens plus four. Okay, very good. Why don't you give us your first pick for week 18 on the podcast? Yeah, so I'm going to go to a luck rankings play as well. And this is for the final game of the regular season. We're going to go Bills and Dolphins under 49 and a half. This game is a luck under. It's because it has a luck total of minus 5.7. Any luck total below minus 5. Uh, is 123-84-3. That's nearly 40 games above 500 uh, to the under in the last six years. So over a 200-game sample size, it's been hitting about 60% to the under, including 29-18-1 this year at 61.5%. So, you know, definitely a good under spot. And the Miami offense is incredibly banged up. You look at all their key players – uh, Tua sustained kind of a, a shoulder stinger a little bit there at the end of their week 17 game. Uh, we have Tyreek Hill, who has, you know, the, the ankle sprain that he's still recovering from, kind of tweaked it again this past week. Jalen Waddle with his own high ankle sprain. Uh, of course, we got Raheem Mostert, who has been banged up. So all these key players for Miami that have been scoring all the points banged up in some way, shape or form. Meanwhile, the Bills defense, they, you know, started off the year strong. Then they took a whole bunch of injuries, certainly got a lot easier to especially throw on. But they're now getting healthier on defense. And so that, that, that's going to bolster their defense. All that combined is going to make it really tough for Miami to score. And on the Bills side of the ball, they've actually been pretty run heavy compared to what they've been in the last few weeks. So if that were to continue, that'll eat up some more clock and uh, just kind of keep this game under. Plus, we're getting a spot where we have division rivals, and anytime you have two division rivals in a luck under, they hit at a 67% rate to the under in the second time they face each other, which, of course, this is. So uh, I, I like the under here, under 49.5. I got it under 50, but definitely like under 49.5 as well. All right. Very good. A luck under. And Brandon, we're going to stick on this same game Sunday night for the AFC East. Bills, Dolphins. You got to just give the ball to the quarterback. It seems for Buffalo, that's the formula at this game, kind of game. That's the formula. Josh Allen, give me the anytime touchdown. Make sure to get the best line. I'm seeing a minus 105, a few books out there. Grab that if you can. I think that's a terrible number. But I agree. A lot of what Nick said kind of sets up the pick here. We got the CVS receipt injury report for Miami. We got Buffalo's power run game. Like, that's what they've become here is the James Cook power run show, except James Cook is the power run show until they get down to the goal line. They don't trust him at the goal line. 
and they don't trust Latavius Murray at the goal line. Josh Allen's the goal line back in Buffalo. And so here we go. We're just taking the guy that scores the rushing touchdowns for the team that's supposed to score a lot because they're favored in the highest total game of the week. So shouldn't this number be a lot higher? I think it should be. Here's some numbers I see. So the Bills this season are top five in rushing touchdowns in the NFL. James Cook has two. James Cook has two rushing touchdowns. Josh Allen has 15. He is second in the NFL in rushing touchdowns. I didn't even realize that, honestly, before looking at this. Josh Allen has scored 42 of Buffalo's 49 offensive touchdowns this season. 86% of the scores have been directly from Josh Allen. Pretty valuable, if you ask me. And I noticed, looking at, okay, well, what about near the goal line? Is that what's happening here? Uh, 39 times this season, Buffalo's run the ball from inside the seven. James Cook has five of those. They are not trusting James Cook down there. They were trying Latavius Murray for a while. I found out there was a split here. I looked back. Week six, they played the Giants. Latavius got stuffed on three straight carries inside the seven. And since then, Josh Allen has had 14 of the 17 carries inside the seven. He has 17 out of those 39 for the season. He scored 10 touchdowns on them. For the season, Josh Allen has now scored in five straight games. And by the way, he has two in three of those five. And he has scored in nine of the last 10. He's scored in 10 of the last 14. Again, rushing touchdowns. These are not counting passing touchdowns. That's, of course, how the anytime market works. But I didn't realize the numbers were this high until I dug into it. By comparison, if you play anytime touchdowns, you know, not this week because he's out, but who's the shortest line on the entire board every single week for the season? Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey has scored the touchdown. 13 out of 16 games for the season. He was listed at minus 700 to score at one book last week. Josh Allen is near even odds at minus 105 and has scored in 12 of 16, one less game from any time touchdown than Christian McCaffrey. So I like Allen here. I think he's going to score. Obviously, we're going to get some points in this game. I'm with Nick, honestly. I'm with the under on this one, but under 49 and a half, Mm. we're still going to get some points out here. So for my money, this is the best quarterback in the NFL this season. I think he should have gotten the Pro Bowl spot over Lamar. I'm going to throw that in, too. I think he's ticked. He's going to come out and put up a big game in the finale against Miami, show that he is valuable, get that division win. Miami's all banged up. But rather than play the side, I want to play the side. I got my division ticket still. I'm just going to take the Allen touchdown here. By the way, two touchdowns, five to one. He's done that in three of the last five. So you, you know I love my escalators. I mean, I want to sprinkle that as well. But give me the Josh Allen anytime touchdown minus one hundred five. There's right. there's room for two touchdowns here and still getting the under. So let, right. let's be very clear about that. I'm I'm totally with Brandon here. All right. For context, uh, Allen's rushing yardage prop is at thirty six and a half. And these primetime spots, he's gone under the last couple of weeks. The Chargers game stands out uh, as one of those spots. And Cook. Uh, priced at 64 and a half, but that's Brandon's point. Cook kind of brings him down there, and then Josh Allen takes the cake, does the rest. I know we've talked about the Josh Allen rushing over in a big game. Like, that's been one of my go-tos in the spot here. So I did. I looked right. at that first. Honestly, that's where I got to this one. That has not been as strong this season. I think maybe a little bit is the change from Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady, a little bit change in what they're doing, like, like Nick mm-hmm. talked about, the power run thing. So I'm not doing the rushing yards here. Who's going to stick with the touchdowns. So, yeah, I think cook, cook for the yards if you want it, but Allen for the touchdowns. 
Yes, it's uh, Joe Brady, not Joe Ryan. I was calling him Joe Ryan on Action Island a few weeks ago, thinking of the <laughs> Minnesota Twins pitcher and not Joe Brady. Thank you. Uh, Luke, what do you got for your second one? I'm going to go with the Titans getting four now, hosting the Jags, which this morning, this was Titans plus five and a half, which I'm going to guess this has come down with probably news or rumors. Who knows? Nothing's official yet. I haven't heard anything, honestly, um, that Trevor Lawrence is going to be out and. I definitely was wrong last week back in the Panthers, and I was definitely wrong thinking that Trevor Lawrence was going to play as well last week, which honestly last week, Jags game where they just beat down the Panthers 26-0, I think was a lot more the Panthers than it was the Jaguars, where I mean that Panthers team just, they looked defeated um, on, on the road. And I mean, the Jags had four or five field goals and two touchdowns, and one of them was 60-plus, which it is C.J. Beathard. Um, honestly, I would kind of prefer a better number with Lawrence, but Beathard's fine. They're probably going to run the ball again a ton. They had a hundred plus last week, and this is not the team you want to run the ball against. And that is going to put it in Beathard's hands. And I'm fine with that. And the Titans have nothing to play for. Vrabel, I've said a hundred times in this podcast, how much I love him, especially as an underdog. Um, and if you saw his press conference, I want to say it was either yesterday or two days ago about losing. And he, he dropped a few F-bombs. He, he definitely snapped i want to say where he was basically telling us in his press conference that they're not going to bend over in this game they're going to go balls to the wall divisional game it was honestly awesome having a press conference like that i wish every coach could tell us their plans that were eliminated like he basically did but vrabel i'm going to back him as an underdog in every spot um, and then if you look at some trends eliminated teams facing teams that have something to play for are 164 hitting 61% of the time. And then teams also who scored three points or less in their past game are hitting at 60% of the time as well, which would be the Titans. So at plus four, um, that is totally fine. If you didn't get the five and a half, um, I'm going to take the Titans hosting the Jags. And I mean, yeah, excuse me. It feels like every year the Jags have their last game to play in, and I just remember them blowing it against the Colts as like Uh seventeen point favorites two years ago, and they didn't blow it last year. But I think they blew it for like seeding last year or something. Um, But yeah, the Jags were great at home on the road. They're gonna walk into the Mike Vrabel buzzsaw. All right. And uh, I would also encourage listeners and viewers to check out uh, Evan Abrams and his incentives article that'll be out for this week. DeAndre Hopkins has a lot on the line, too. That could help you uh, if they want to take this game seriously, even though there's like rumors and reports that Vrabel wants out in Tennessee uh, to get the star receiver. uh, What he needs for his possible next destination could help you, too. I'll chime in on. On the Hopkins one that from Evan's article, that was the one the, the one uh, incentive that I marked more than anything else. So just for listeners here, I haven't even seen prop lines yet for this. Hopkins needs seven catches for 250K, needs 49 receiving yards for a million dollars. So 49, probably mm-hmm. a little lower than what his line will be, but you might be able to add in like an alternate 50, that sort of thing. That just seemed like Hopkins is a veteran. We all like him. Like you want to get your guy paid. Like that's a good look for you for your franchise. So I, I kind of like that one. I'm pretty cautious on some of these incentives because the incentive is you just want to go win the game, right? <laughs> like, like oh, you get an incentive, you get a 250k bonus, you make the playoffs. Oh, cool. Well, I guess I'll try in this game. I wasn't really planning to make the playoffs otherwise. But receptions, receiving yards, you know, like all right, Tennessee is getting blown out here. I don't think they do, but let, let's at least get nuke a few catches at the end of the game and and hit a couple bonuses for him here. 
I think that's a good look and good feel for everyone. So yeah, I, I like that one in particular. I'm glad you brought it up. The Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Nick Giffen, your second one, please. I think this is a luck matchup we're targeting. Oh, yeah. You got to go with the luck rankings here on this one, especially late season as they've been crazy successful. I am going to take the Carolina Panthers plus four and a half. I actually got them plus five, but plus four and a half. I still like over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, you mentioned it, Brendan. Luck rankings, Carolina Panthers dead last, 32nd in the luck rankings. Tampa Bay Buccaneers fourth in the luck rankings. That is a difference of 28 places. That's important because... If we have a 24 or more place difference in the luck rankings after week 13, the unlucky team is 24, 3, and 2 against the spread over the last six years. And I've only removed one game where uh, a team was either like tanking or resting starters in the final week of the regular season. That was the Bears last year who successfully tanked to the number one overall draft pick with some help from their former head coach. Uh, but, uh, so just this late season luck trend has been absolutely huge. Uh, I mean, 21 games over 500 in a 29-game sample size is, is pretty incredible. Uh, that includes just in the final week, 3-1-1 uh, one one against the spread if the luck difference is 24 or more, and 3-0-1 oh against the spread if it's 26 or more. So not major sample sizes there, but just going to show the idea that even in the last week, of the regular season when things get crazy. As long as there's normal normal motivation uh for the under or sorry for the unlucky team, uh then everything seems to be just fine. It's also 6-3 and 1 in the final week of the regular season if the luck gap uh which is how we rank them is by luck percentage. If that difference in luck percentage between the two teams that gap is 25% or more, we got 26.6% here. We also have a couple other system trends here. Dogs after a blowout 58% for 11% ROI, of course. Panthers getting blown out last week, as, as Luke mentioned here. Also, eliminated teams against teams trying to make the playoffs over the final two weeks of the regular season, 60%, uh, just over 60% against the spread since 1990. So uh, a lot of trends here on these Carolina Panthers. We're also semi-fading the public, at least according to our uh, Action Network Pro uh, tools here. It's about 50-50 in terms of bets on the Panthers versus uh, the Buccaneers, but 90% of the money is on Carolina. So the big the professional money has been on the Panthers. And, you know, even just looking at the statistics here, I can definitely get behind this. If we look at success rates defined as positive EPA plays, offensively on Russian pass plays, Tampa Bay ranks just 27th, and I know everybody's been high on Baker Mayfield recently, but we're like at peak Baker, aside from, I guess, this past week, we've been at like peak Baker, but they're just 27th in offensive success rate, while Carolina's 30th. That's only three places difference. And then defensively, uh, using the same metric, Carolina's 23rd, and Tampa Bay is 25th in defensive success rate allowed. So uh, Carolina actually ranking slightly better. So 
at least going back to the offense, why does Tampa Bay have a significantly higher EPA per play? It comes down to explosiveness. Tampa Bay is 16th in explosiveness uh, in terms of explosive play rate offensively, while Carolina is 30th. And Carolina does rank 24th in defensive explosive play rate allowed, which could bite them. So the key here is going to be if Carolina can limit the explosive plays, they should be able to cover this one. And look, these guys are professionals. Bryce Young is still trying to play for a career, you know, stats and, and getting better all the these guys coach, are professionals right? yeah exactly all these guys are still professionals so they want to put on the best performance as, as they can so uh, i see this as a normal motivation spot for carolina so i, have, I they have no reason to tank right they're not getting the number one pick because they traded that away so may as well play hard and uh, try to knock their division rival out of the playoffs I feel like talking to Nick Giffen on consecutive days is helpful for my brain because I feel like I'm studying for a final and it's one of those on the flashcards where Nick's giving me that stat after week 13 in the luck differential and it's just, uh, I can't leave my mind. So I have been convinced on Carolina. I am very much looking forward to it. And if they stink, it's not Nick's fault. They just stink. Uh, <laughs> That's the okay. thing. Everybody's, I've heard so much. I can't do the Carolina Panthers. They're awful. They're terrible. I can't do them. I can't. Every well, they, time they, they are people bad. say they can't, as soon as people stop betting them because they've been betting them all year, that's when they hit, right? It just feels right. like that. And um, exactly. that's part of the luck. Like, that's why they're 32nd in luck. If they actually just sucked that bad, they wouldn't be 32nd in our luck rankings. They would be true. You know, much higher up. So they've, they've had a lot of bad luck this year. All right, so from backing an NFC South team, we head to the last round of picks, and Brandon Anderson will put this division in its place with a pick I think you've given. Like, this is something you've been on consistently, Brandon, in the second half of the season. Yeah, actually, I was looking at Luke's pick, the Titans. I had that as my third pick an hour ago until the line moved at five and a half. I'm still with Luke, but I probably waited out, hope to get the Titans later. I Then I was scrambling, okay, well, what's my pick? I wanted a James Conner anytime touchdown. I haven't seen lines yet, but there's a bonus pick for you. I, anything near even odds, he's scored in four straight. Seattle's allowed a touchdown, a rushing touchdown of 13 out of 16, and I think that's a key matchup in that game. I'll give it to you right now. Minus 130 for James Conner, anytime touchdown. Okay. Yeah, so I, I like that too. That's, that's a bonus pick. I'm going to go to the pick, Brendan, that you brought up now, and back to the NFC South in the trashy terrible nfc south one last chance to fade this trash division before they're out of here give me the falcons and the saints under 42 and a half what are you doing putting a four in front of a total for the nfc south games like come on we've been watching this all season or trying not to watch all season i literally copy pasted my notes from last week and just changed a couple tiny little numbers and it's the exact same thing so here let me just resummarize for you the offenses suck. Nobody knows how to play offense in this division. You just heard about it from two of the teams from Nick. I don't have to tell you much about the Falcons or Saints either. Alvin Kamara, high ankle sprain. I don't know if he's playing. That'd be a big miss here. The Falcons are dead last against running back receptions. So great for me if he's out. Atlanta's defense has been pretty good this season, actually. They are number 10 in DVOA over the last six games. They have a pretty good success rate on the season. They've been good on third downs where the Saints are bad offensively. Saints defense, I've talked about on this podcast how they dropped off. That was midseason. They've rebounded pretty nicely since then. They got a little healthier from a lot of the guys missing. They're still not great against the run lately, but Atlanta apparently doesn't want to run the football anymore. Like They're near the bottom of the league in rushing lately, so I'm not super worried there. Saints at home, defense is better, offense is worse. Atlanta, 
averaging 14 points a game on the road. And now back to the stats I copy-pasted from last week. The Saints are now 11-5 to the under, up a game from last week when we hit it. The Falcons are 10-6 to the under on the season. And then here's that stat you've heard now a few times. NFC South games this season average 35.3 points a game. Adam, move it up by a tenth of a point because they scored 36 in the game we took last week and hit the under on. So on the season, 39 points or less in 9 of 10 division games. Get the NFC South out of here. I don't want to watch them anymore, but I'm going to keep playing the unders. Saints games are 36 or below in over half of their games. Saints have dominated this rivalry and helped kept Atlanta scoring pretty low, but we get a lot of a lot of close, one-score, ugly sort of games. I, I just don't see it here. I, I will say I, I, you, we may get a bit of a roller coaster late. For whatever reason, both of these teams are trash offenses through three quarters, and then they're both top seven DVOA in just the fourth quarter. So I would love to take like a through three quarters under, but I think it'll be low enough at that point. And honestly, they might both be eliminated by that point too. If Nick's pick is wrong, I, I don't think it is. I like Carolina, but if Tampa goes up big, these teams are both out at that point anyways, and that would be a way that they might both just kind of call off the dogs and run the ball into the line a few times and get this stupid division out of here. So Falcons, Saints, under 42 and a half. Okay, and two head coaches that are under a lot of scrutiny right now, Arthur Smith and Dennis Allen. More so Allen because of all the money they've spent. And they have, I would think that you know, Baker Mayfield's had a good year, but Derek Carr was the, the prize for them to put them over the top in that division, that is. So we'll see. Brandon will talk about how much he hates it, Nick, and then still want to bet it. So keep, you know, that's it's a little not too hypocritical. It, it, the, the assessment lines up, but it's interesting. He still wants to bet this division. Okay, uh, Luke, uh, your last one for us for week 18. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants as a five point underdog hosting the Eagles on Sunday, which, I mean, this Eagles team is just in disarray. I mean, it's honestly crazy. Uh, but this Giants team is. They are gritty every single week. They got nothing to play for. The lines with all of the trends that we've been saying in terms of teams with nothing to play for going against a team that has something to play for, which the Eagles technically do, but it's really dependent off of the Cowboys, who are 13-point favorites hosting the Commanders. Um, so the Eagles could sit starters. Um, I don't think they will. There's no, there's nothing in the news cycle um, implying it. I would assume Devontae Smith is probably going to sit after he got it hurt last week. But this is one where they don't sit starters and they see the Cowboys go up big against the Commanders early. You can totally see them yanking everyone, maybe even before the first half, because we've seen the Cowboys all season beat down bad teams and have competitive games with good teams and usually and lose them. But when they face like, the bad teams, they beat them down. Um, so I can see this one getting out of hand early for the Cowboys, and if the Eagles do see that. It's all the reason for them to pull everyone. They lost last week, but the week before that when they won, which was a close one, I forget who they played. Was it the Giants? It was a close win against someone that they should have blown out, and like they weren't even excited to, to win. Maybe they just need a reset, but this Giants team has been gritty. Tyrod is 3-0 and against the spread this season. Tyrod has always been the guy that instead of Tommy Cutlets, the Giants are plus five. It's just a valuable bet, and if, even if they don't, pull the starters like this Eagles D it's just 30th in EPA the last six weeks given up points to absolutely everyone who lost the Cardinals as 12 and a half point favorites it's just like normally you would want to buy low on these spots for the Eagles or like teams like this that are considered as good as the Eagles are 
but this defense is just too bad. It, it, it's just, it's a huge problem. Um, so I'll take the Giants at plus five. Um, who knows? They might even win. This is a game that last year's Eagles just like blow out City. Like last year's Eagles against this Giants team is Eagles all the way, and they ended at halftime. But the, like this is the ultimate test. This is not last year's Eagles anymore. I'm with Luke on this one. Giants was another one of the picks I was considering here. And just to point out here too, as Luke was saying, like one of the other picks I looked at here, I, I know I'm on like my eighth pick, but I looked at Cowboys first half. Cowboys <laughs> first half are 11 and five ATS and Washington is five and 11 ATS. And I'm just going to point it out because in week 18, and I have an article up at Action Network pointing out, you can create some fun correlated outcomes here. And if you think like Luke does, and I agree, if the Cowboys go up early and that's what causes the Eagles to call off the dogs and then lose or not cover to the Giants, well, you can play those two together because those games are not independent with the way the results are coming. So if you like the Cowboys to go up early and you like that to be part of why the Giants end up covering, you can juice the odds a little bit and play them both. I've got some crazy parlay correlations up there, including like 158 to 1 version that the Bills would need to have a tiebreak scenario at the end of the night. So yeah, just week 18, you can have some fun. Because these games, the games are never independent, but especially now with the incentives, with the way that the playoff scenarios go, you can get creative and you can really find some plus EV edges to to build there. So that one that Luke just talked about is one of them. And also like, this is like probably one of the better live betting weeks of the season, yep. uh, which books are always going to offer live betting. It's not like they can just hold back live betting, like they're holding back player props right now because of the incentives or who's playing. Live betting is going to be available. If any week you're going to have be logged in so that you can open it up as fast as possible, this would probably be the week. Okay, I said this to Sean Carter yesterday. My only concern for all of this would be the Eagles need a get-right game. And maybe that's no, why they're that. full starters. They've lost four or five. They're not playing. <laughs> Even the win against the Giants we just talked about, they're not playing well. I don't know if they're good enough to just say, yeah, you know what? We'll just, you know, we'll wait till a couple weeks and we'll, we'll circle the wagons for the playoffs. Like they, they need a get-right game. So I don't know. Yeah, if I feel right. like I feel like they've had a couple get right games in a row at this point. <laughs> so I mean, oh, no, no. oh, whether they do it or not is another question. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms they, of motivation, I agree. Yes. Just, just to stay on brand, okay. they, they uh, right. will likely play the NFC South next week. So there's another get right opportunity for them just to get one more shot in here on the NFC South. Yeah. yeah. Uh, OK, Nick, take us home. Last one. We're going to shift backwards and go to Saturday night. Uh, and this is a great segue because we just dumped on the Eagles, and now we're going to talk about the Texans in Texans Island. But you're going to go first on this and give the pick. Yeah, I'm sure Brandon uh, is on board with Texans Island <laughs> pick here. Uh, I'm going to take C.J. Stroud anytime touchdown. I got it at eight to one as we've been recording. It's moved to seven to one, uh, but make sure to shop this and, and get that number there. Uh, but I like this, and we'll get to it. But I like this even at seven to one, and, and even shorter than that. Uh, CJ Stroud this year played in 14 games. He has touchdowns in three of them, right? So if you just do the simple math, three divided by 14, that ends up as plus 367. If that were to be his long-term fair odds. Now we don't know if they are. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that'll change, uh, but that is still a long way to plus 700 or plus 800. Uh, So even if that's in the ballpark, we're already getting value just based off the simple math there. Then we talk about the fact that we've got an interesting matchup here. He's playing the 
Indianapolis Colts. And of course, the Colts have allowed the tied ninth most rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks this year. Uh, That includes the fifth highest yards per rush allowed on QB scrambles this year. So uh, Indy really hasn't been great at containing QB scrambles, letting them run for a lot of yards. And 20 of Stroud's 32 non-kneel down rush attempts have been scrambles. So he's, you know, pretty much if he's running, uh, he's scrambling around two thirds of the time. And yeah, Stroud did only have the one rush attempt last week in his return from a concussion. Maybe they were kind of protecting him a little bit, but I'm less worried about that with, you know, the playoffs on the line. We've got uh, the potential to to win the division even. Uh, so, you know, I think at this point, you just got to let Stroud be Stroud. And if he's going to have to scramble, if, he, if you need a designed run in there, let him do his thing. Uh, so, you know, even baking in a little bit of, of caution around him taking hits, which I think like I just said, may not even need to be. Uh, I'm getting fair odds at around plus 550. If I remove that caution, um, I'm getting it just shorter than plus 500. So like I said, plus 700 is great. I don't mind if you want to take this all the way down to five to one. Uh, but you know, in terms of my actual fair odds projection, I have around plus 550 if we are baking in a little bit of caution here. But this is just way too long and it's not likely to hit. That's why it's five to one, seven to one, eight to one. Uh, but it hits better than one in six times, in my opinion. That bodes well for the Texans to win and make the playoffs, and that would help us for, on a variety of fronts, uh, including Brandon's Texans Island, who he wrote about extensively in his preseason write-ups in the power rankings, the initial power rankings. He had the Texans very high. Well, here you go, Brandon. I'll hand the baton to you. Uh, th- this sets up for a variety of things. I- I'm not sure about D'Amico Ryans as coach of the year, but our friend Will Anderson, has risen out of the coffin and he is very much in play for defensive rookie of the year. If you've been listening faithfully, we have discussed Will Anderson on this podcast a handful of times and chances to get in. Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, Texans Island, man. It has been a roller coaster. It has been a bumpy ride. Uh, I've been ready to get off the ride a few different times. This team can't stay healthy, right? The injuries have just been just awful all season long and they keep hanging around. And to, to their credit, the Jaguars keep hanging around the other direction, right? That's really, the bet was a bet against Jacksonville. And here we are week 18. Luke and I are betting against Jacksonville again. We're both liking the Titans here. The Texans to win the division. That was the big preseason bet for me on this podcast. They need to win, but they need Jacksonville's help still in a loss. Tennessee's help, I guess, but either way you do it. So yeah, I believe on six pack, I think Raybon took the Texans minus one. So Texans aside there, hopefully we get a C.J. Stroud touchdown. Maybe you get a couple of those just to be safe. Get next 8-1, to 7-1 to one hit here. And yeah, you know, why not get a little Will Anderson, like strip sack, fumble, touchdown, clincher. I don't, like, I, I'm assuming the Texans have been on television sometime this season. We got at least a London game, I believe. I don't remember watching them on, like, a national TV game. We get a bonus game. They earned it because they're good. And now they're on TV where the voters have to watch them and they're going to see Will Anderson. You know who they're not going to see? Jalen Carter and the terrible Eagles defense that haven't done anything or stopped a nosebleed for the last six weeks of the season. And like, that honestly shouldn't really matter. Don't tell the voters I think so. But it does. Like the whole thing with MVP and coach of the year and all these awards, 
is that wins matter and who the team is matters and what the narrative matters. And if the Texans get the big win against the Colts and Will Anderson, who had two sacks last week, Will Anderson's been getting a lot of buzz from like Seth Walder put up a stat this week. I believe Will Anderson is top four in pressure rate with Micah Parsons, TJ Watt, and um, Miles Garrett. The three guys no. who have been no. the DPOI no. leaders Garrett. all year. Right, yeah. Garen Parsons won two, and then he's ahead of TJ Watt, who's the sack leader right now, who's in fourth. So he's been in the backfield all season. He's been getting run stops all season. He missed a couple of games, but he plays nearly every snap. So he's still like way higher in snaps than the other options. I think that this is very live. Luke, about a month, six weeks ago on this podcast, came in on the Will Anderson bandwagon then. So, Luke, where are you out of the Will Anderson thing? Are we going to get this one over? I mean, I, I want to say when he got hurt like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, which was the same week that Jalen Carter had like his fumble return for a touchdown. In and prime like, time sl- against Dallas. Yeah, and like yep. we, were, like, we all jumped into like Slack. It's like, well, there <laughs> it goes. And he was out for two games. And as like he was out, like Jalen Carter is like his snap rate has been decreasing. Jalen Carter hasn't really – been making a lot of noise, uh, which is really a combination of probably his position, which doesn't get a lot of sacks. And then the team just in shambles defensively. And Will Anderson, I think he played 18 snaps last Sunday and he had two sacks and like five pressures or something ridiculous. And I remember watching it on red zone. I'm like, Oh God, here we go again. <laughs> and Jalen Carter went from a minus 2000 favorite to now he's minus 150. And at this point, which this is like, there's like the human factor in this, like people are voting. Um, and it's very easy at this point to kind of read the tea leaves, whether it's Twitter or like the athletic or whatever it is to see where these votes are going to be going. And I'm only seeing Will Anderson and that guy from the Rams who hadn't been listed until yesterday. Like I think his name's Toby or Kobe, uh, Kobe Turner. I don't even know it. his name. Yep. Kobe Turner, which his odds weren't even listed and he might not even play Sunday, which leaves us Will Anderson. And, I mean, there's just a lot more opportunity yeah. for Will Anderson to take this home. Um, national TV, sacks, et cetera, where Jalen Carter is going to be playing pretty much a, basically a meaningless game on a defense that is going in the wrong direction. That won't be on national TV. So if Will Anderson gets a sack, fumble, a huge play, like I think that honestly, like at plus 200, plus 275, like I wouldn't think you're doing anything wrong betting him at this point either. Um, as well, so yeah. I feel good about it. I, I agree. I wanted I'm to say that excited. if you if you have not played Will Anderson yet, I'm with Luke. I think you can still play right now. We were talking just before the show. I honestly think that Will Anderson should be favored right now. I think the reason he's not favored is because of odds movement and the way lines work, and that Jalen Carter's been such a huge favorite that like we have to get there. The line has to move that way. But as you watch guys who are actually you know the folks who are voters. Like Nate Tice has his ballot up today, has a whole thing, goes through the options, picks Will Anderson. Like if you look, if you have followed week by week like we have, it started as Jalen and it's been moving away. If you haven't followed this award week by week like a normal sane person and are just checking in to vote now (laughs) as a voter, which is how voters tend to operate, you look at the whole season, Will Anderson's been better over the whole season and is the hot name at the end all the better. Like, the sacks are there. The numbers are there. The snaps are there. If you played early, if you played in the preseason, I think I was five to one then. I think you probably just need to ride this out. 
if you played when in the middle of the year, I think Luke, what number did you get when you played it? It was like twenty five to one. Yeah. So so if you had twenty five to one, which like. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, Luke at 25 to one. I think I was, I think I doubled down after like a month at maybe 18 to one or something. If you're there, your other option here, I Last see as low as a like minus, I see one. a minus 120 on Jalen Carter. You can pretty easily just basically free roll your Will Anderson bet. You can hedge out of your original amount, cover yourself, and then just be a free roll on the Will Anderson come through. So I think you've got a lot of options here just to kind of give you some ideas no. of. Like th- this is the look ahead for the week. The look ahead is Will Anderson Saturday night, Texans Island, C.J. Stroud. It's all of it. Nick's probably like, all right, I want. I want I I've got, got to look ahead. ahead. I've got to look ahead too. Um, Deron Bland, defensive player of the year, two hundred to one. <laughs> you gave um, this out the other day. Yep. Yeah, I gave it out the other day. Brandon just mentioned it. The voters are just tuning in. Um, they they look at certain things, and I think a couple of things to look at is well, he broke. The record on Thanksgiving in an island game uh, for pick sixes in a season. He was defensive player of the month in November. You know who? There's only three guys right now in defensive player of the year with odds shorter than 61. That's Miles Garrett, who's the favorite at minus 220 or so. Uh, Micah Parsons, which of course is uh, teammate to Deron Bland, and TJ Watt. Uh, Only TJ Watt of those and Micah Parsons have been defensive player of the month, not favorite uh, Miles Garrett. TJ Watt might not even make the playoffs. That would almost have to eliminate him from consideration of his team doesn't even make the playoffs. Uh, so Deron Bland kind of sticks out just because of that factor. National TV breaking the record. And right now he's tied for the record in terms of most defensive touchdowns in a season. And that's because you also include fumble recovery touchdowns. If he were to get one in the final week of the season, that's the last thing fresh on voters' minds as well. He breaks the record most defensive touchdowns in the NFL. What is a defender's job? Defender's job is to prevent teams from running the ball and to prevent teams from throwing the ball. If we look at EPA in terms of tackles for losses plus passes defended, Number one in the NFL, Deron Bland. So uh, just something there, a little sprinkle at 200 to one. Sam Howell being the quarterback helps this, I think, instead of Jacoby Brissett, because I think it increases the odds of a pick six. So why not? Just a little sprinkle there. I'll throw one out there too. How about uh, Browns to win the AFC championship, 18 to one, which honestly in the AFC, like Miami's in shambles. The Bills, who I'm heavily invested in, there, there is a way more likely scenario for them to miss the playoffs than I honestly thought there was going to this week. Um, but like outside of like honestly, the Bills in Miami and I might be, in, I guess the Chiefs. The Chiefs are not the Chiefs. Like the biggest threat to the Ravens to me is the Browns, uh, which is the divisional opponent rival, and Joe Flacco. Um, I, I think that if the Ravens have a kryptonite in this playoffs, it could be the Browns. Um, at 18 to one, I think that has value. It's definitely shop around. That might not even be the best price, but I'll throw out the uh, Browns to win the AFC championship. Okay. Uh, I double checked this uh, also, just last note on Will Anderson and the Texans. Not only did they not play a single Island game this year, Sunday night, Thursday night, Monday night, they never played in the four o'clock window. They didn't <laughs> even get Nance or Romo at like four oh, thirty. They only had a Thursday night game. They had no. They didn't play Thursday. They played one o'clock every Sunday until this no. weekend. Every team's guaranteed a prime time game. 
No, they got the London game. It's this oh. weekend. Oh, wait. They did away with the guarantee, didn't they? Yes. This was the first year they didn't. And it was like them, the Falcons, and someone else. You're right. Yes. No. They didn't play on Amazon Prime. Michaels didn't get to scoff at them early when, the, when Stroud was out. They haven't played a single primetime game. Thursday, no, Oz- Sunday, Monday. And when Stroud was going ham, like they were like the public team for a, a good chunk of the season. Everyone got to watch uh, them on Red Zone. Yeah, including me. Okay, that's that's crazy. I, I, when Brandon said yeah. it, I'm like, I think he's right. And then I went and looked. They, go, they didn't play a single game by themselves at all this year. And they get it this weekend. Oh, it's setting up. I'm too excited. <laughs> all right. Got to got to stay in control here and uh, assume that it might not go well because that's how you be mature as a better. Uh, yeah. For Luke Swain, AK Vegas Refund, Brandon Anderson, Nick Giffen, uh, Brendan Glasheen, thank you all for listening to the Action Network podcast for our NFL Week 18 Best Bets episode presented by our friends at BetMGM. Don't forget to download the free award-winning Action Network app. We've got the Sunday six-pack up with Stucky and Raybon, and uh, we got the recap show coming on Monday. We will be here. We will have a Best Bets podcast for the postseason, so stay tuned for that. We will be here a Wild Card Weekend, Divisional Round Weekend, AFC Title Weekend, etc. So uh, NFC Title Weekend as well, uh, Championship Weekend. Be on the lookout for that information. Thank you all so much for listening to the Action Network Podcast, presented by BetMGM. Good luck. Go Will Anderson. We'll talk to you next <laughs> Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.